We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, how's it going, guys? Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. We just up, we just wrapped up Chargers training camp day one, and we have all the updates for you guys. We won't get into everything, but we'll try to cover some of the main points here. Joining me for this is Arjun, who's there with me. Arjun, how are you doing today? Doing great. Um, glad to be back for the first day of football in a while. Um, obviously, we have a lot of things to talk about, so excited to jump into it. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're not going to get into everything, of course. I just wanted to give you guys like what were the main takeaways of the day? What do you guys absolutely have to know after today and each day moving forward? We're going to usually, you know, watch the camp, record something for about 10 to 15 minutes to get that to you guys. And then on Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll have the main show to really break everything down and take your live questions. So the first thing I do want to get out of the way are injury updates. Some of them sort of an injury, some of them just not participating for certain reasons. Daniel Popper just tweeted a certain one. Um, so injury related, we do have Mark Webb, who was a full participant in practice, to my understanding. I know there was some uncertainty about whether he'd be back. Um, he was out there with his helmet, seemed fine. I don't know if that means that he's cleared for contact because obviously they're not hitting yet. Uh, but he was out there and that was good to see. Khalil Mack was reportedly dealing with a foot thing. But Arjun, he was out there just not participating a ton, right? Yeah. Um, the the first like eleven on eleven they did like right before warmups, Mac wasn't starting. It was Rump, um, and then he started rotating in a little bit more. And then in the final eleven on eleven they did on the far side, I did see Mac starting with Bosa. But yeah, it does seem like they're going to ease him into the fold. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we all expect him to start. There's no question about that. Just making sure he's okay healthy and yeah like you said ease him into the fold the notable absence i guess sort of was derwin james and mm -hmm. according to brandon staley through daniel popper he was not missing because of an injury um, although he is coming off that shoulder surgery um, he was absent because of his contract and we can speculate on what the details are and we'll certainly do that on the main show now he was out there to begin with you know without his helmet he was catching passes from either a trainer or a coach then when they did this like seven on seven sort of warm up without helmets, he was out there as well, starting next to Nasir mm -hmm. Adderley. Then once they moved to helmets, then he was on the sidelines. So Arjun, you know, what did you make of that? What do you think is going to happen here? Are you worried at all? Uh, I'm not that worried. I think obviously missing the first week of training camp isn't like the biggest 
worry in the world. Like if there's a player you have to pick on this team there, where it's like, you don't really need them to practice. It's Sterwin James. Um, I think, you know, just, just based off what I know about contracts, I think at this point, they probably have the total, the years and the APY hammered out. Now it's just about how much money they want to guarantee outside of the signing bonus or how much money Derwin's going to make in the first two or three years of his deal. You know, I've been working on some contract stuff with PFF. And a lot of the times you find that if a player signs a five-year or four-year deal, usually they get cut before the final year is over. So I think, you know, having some injury guarantees or some guarantees in years three and four help to mitigate that. But, you know, another note to that, Tom Slesko and Ed McGuire weren't out there today. So you can, mm. you can maybe think about how they're not out there because they're working on the contract or obviously, you know, they're very busy people. So they might have other stuff on their plate, but. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not too worried about Derwin missing a couple practices. Um, if he's just sitting out, and and as as long as he's fully healthy, that's all that matters to me. Absolutely, and it did look again no pads, no hitting, but it did look like he was healthy. It certainly didn't look like health was the issue at all. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next thing. Let's just go over some you know depth chart updates. I know there's probably more today than there will be the rest of the week, and then maybe when pads come on, then things will really start changing. But was there any depth chart notable thing that either surprised you or stood out to you? What is something that you kind of want to let fans know about? Um, I, I think the big one is the interior D line. Uh, I think you and me had a lot of discussions about that at camp and just because we couldn't really see who, who was rotating in and out. But I think, um, you know, you can fact check me, but when they started in base, it was Joseph Day, um, Fox and Tillery. Now they didn't have Austin Johnson out there and this base means they had those three D linemen and then Boson and Mac out opposite of them. But when they went to nickel, Tillery and Fox went off and Austin Johnson came in. So the defense was Bosa, Joseph Day, Johnson, Mac, and then uh, Van Noy and Tranquil. So it was a pretty interesting rotation. Like you would have thought that when they're nickel, it's probably a more passing, uh, more obvious passing down situation. So you have Tillery in instead of Johnson, but when they went base, they had the true nose and then the true three text with Tillery and Fox. Um, after that, I mean, the, I would say the second rotation consisted of Johnson at, at the nose and then Covington and Fajoko opposite of them. Didn't really see Otito, which is interesting. Um, so if you, if you think of like right now, who I would say like the, the top guys in the rotation, it would go Joseph Day, Tillery, Fox, Johnson. Those four are pretty much locks. And then the final spot comes down to Fajoko, or final two is Fajoko, um, Otito, Gaziano, who had a pick six off a screen pass today, and uh, like Forrest Merrill. But Forrest didn't really rotate in at all. Yeah, I mean, what an interesting setup with the 3-4 in the base and the nickel. I don't know how that'll play out. Obviously, things will change when pads come on, but that was... Certainly notable. I know a lot of Chargers fans were worried when I said that you know, Johnson wasn't out there in phase three, four, and you just kind of assumed that he would be, but he wasn't. Why they're going more pass heavy in base, but more run stop, I would assume heavy yeah. in nickel. I don't know. Um, but hey, who knows? Well, I guess we'll figure it out as it goes. But they were practicing on the far side of the field, so it's very difficult to see these things. So hopefully they practice closer. And then, of course, when they put on pads, we'll really be able to tell. Um, for those who are obviously wondering, uh, Pipkins and Norton did rotate. That's not a surprise there. Although I believe um, you know, they rotated at right tackle and, of course, later started at left tackle. There was a point where Norton would rotate into right tackle and Pipkins would be left tackle. Um, so I think that, to me, it kind of feels like Pipkins has more of a role on this team right now, both as a potential starter rotating 
And at the worst, as your swing tackles, I feel like he has more value there. Um, but it could just be speculation. Again, no pads, day one, whatever. Uh, the notable, really, depth chart thing was the running back rotation, which was very clearly and definitively Austin Eckler with the starters, then Joshua Kelly, then Isaiah Spiller. That order itself does not mm-hmm. surprise me because, you know, Kelly's was there, you know, with Jackson gone, was is now their RB2 based on, you know, seniority and the fact that they did invest something in him. Um, it's no surprise to me that Roundtree is after that and Spiller having to work into RB2 if he does. Uh, no surprise to me. The real surprise was that after those that trio, it was a complete cutoff after that. Like, I did not yeah. see much of Roundtree, Marks, Brown. If they were involved, I think it was maybe Roundtree on a couple of plays. But for the most part, it was three running backs. Now, to me, that kind of signals that you're going to go with three running backs and a fullback. By the way, Gabe Neighbors was starting today, but of course we sort of expect that to change with the weeks. I don't know. I think there's a real strong chance based on what they showed today that they're going to go with three running backs and a fullback. Um, Arjun, what do you think about that? And do you think Roundtree even has a shot at this point? No, I, I think I agree with you. I think they're going to go three running backs, one fullback. I wouldn't, if, if they do do that, I would want Roundtree to be the odd man out. And, you know, obviously wishing the best, but sure. at this point, I think Kelly's probably a better fit with, with Spiller and, Eckler um you know the other part about Roundtree is he fumbled today like without pads and everything like that obviously it's only day one but that is never going to help your case um and so you know I I wasn't a huge fan of the Roundtree pick at the time it just didn't really make sense why they would go after another slow dude but he just had a a ton of volume and yards in, in college so yeah I it's gonna be interesting to see how that position battle plays out um to me Kelly was RB2 based on how he rotated in but again, yeah. it's only day one. And and like every other position, it was the vets starting over the rookies. And, you know, we could talk about safety as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you want to talk about safety, you can. Alohi Gilman was starting over JT Woods. Not a surprise there, right, so far? No. And yeah. when they were in the seven-on-seven seven without the helmet, it was Derwin and Naz. And then Alohi rotated in. Um, I, when I was watching, it seemed like JT was playing in the back half of the field more than he rotated down. Um, mm. obviously it's, it's kind of tough to follow that when you're trying to like see who's on the field and stuff, but right. it did seem like he was playing the deep part of the field a little bit more. Um, but yeah, sa- safety seems like a pretty, like, we kind of know how every- everything's going to play out eventually at the end. Yeah. We'll see where Mark Webb rotates in. Like they did have big plans for him, but he was hurt and he's mm-hmm. now healthy, but he now he kind of has to work with a guy who was there has sort of that seniority with Gilman and then Woods, they drafted way before either of those two guys. So we'll see how he plays in. All right. Last one. We've kind of already talked about some of these guys. Any camp stands out, stands out, stand outs, uh, whether that's good or bad. Does anybody stand out to you so far? Uh, I thought Dean Leonard had a pretty good performance today. I think two pass breakups, one on the, uh, one on both sides of the field, pretty much. Um, obviously it's kind of tough to see everything that goes on. I mean, Herbert looked amazing as always. I mean, he was, I don't, I really don't know if he had an incompletion in, in 11 on 11 or seven on sevens. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really tough to say when they only practice for like an hour and a half. One bad one is whoever that punter was on that final punt. You know, about yeah. Like, I think that Ooh. was like a 30, 20 yard punt or something. So, the left. Um, don't think anyone did really did that bad. Didn't really see any like major drops in when they were scrimmaging. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was a pretty solid first day for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. As far as drops go, 
maybe one in drills. And I don't really remember many drops after that. We did talk about that Larry Roundtree fumble. I mentioned it on Twitter, like Larry Roundtree fumbled. And someone asked me, well, wait, they're not supposed to be in pads. Like, why are they hitting? I'm like, no, he just fumbled. Like, he just fumbled. Yeah. The defense recovered it. And that's not going to look good uh, moving forward. Again, I don't even know if he even would have a shot at making the roster at this point. But that is certainly not going to endear you to the coaches. Um, no real way for Kyle Van Noy to stand out because they're not hitting. Um, mm-hmm. But he was heavily involved. Very difficult to judge what his role is going to be because Murray's not practicing. Mac wasn't fully participating in practicing. So kind of tough to judge, but he was both the starting inside linebacker. And then when they rotated some guys out, he was the edge rusher opposite mm-hmm. Chris Rump. So he's got a big role for this team. And he also might DJ my wedding. We'll see how that goes. And then, of course, Joe Gaziano. He probably isn't making the roster, but as Stephen pointed out in our last episode, this dude just makes plays. And today, Easton Stick is the king of having his, his passes tipped at the line. I don't know why or what happens, um, but today was another tip pass or a screen pass or whatever that was tipped. Gaziano recovered it himself. And of course, you know, true big man fashion, slow all the way to the end zone. But the end zone and the sideline, they were very, very hyped for him. Don't know if he makes the team, but plays like that are a great way to make the team if they do. All right, Arjun, any final thoughts before I let you go? Thanks for doing all this, by the way. No, I'm I'm excited to see how this plays out tomorrow. If we get, you know, the sim- similar rotations or we get some different rotations, but, you know, we'll be back at it tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Yep, absolutely. We will be there tomorrow. I will be there for most days except for a couple of Thursdays and one Sunday. So there'll always be a short little recap like this after each training cap practice that one of us is at. And then, of course, we'll have our main shows Wednesday, Sunday with a Q&A on Saturday. All right, guys, take care. I hope to see you at training camp. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of these updates. I'm sorry for all the updates on Twitter. Take care. And as always, what's up, guys? This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.